Hello, my name is Nico Foss and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. I am a Webflow expert and right now I am working in the one and only Webflow Partner Agency in Germany, Bavaria, right inside the heart of Munich. Nice! <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> this was the intro, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, and now Max. Okay, so first of all, Nico, great to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the better half. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Blogitin. I do, don't do webflow development. I am in the operations side of Blogitin. And as Nico has already nicely introduced us, uh, we are the first and only Webflow partner agency here based in Munich. And first of all, I want to talk a little bit about our mission behind Webflow and about Blogitin, what we do here in Germany. So basically, we are trying to, not we're not only trying, we are getting Webflow more into Germany. And we want to modernize every website, which is currently running on WordPress and other uh, CMS. Um, we want to run them on Webflow. This is what our mission looks like, and we want to do this with every German website. Absolutely. I love the sound of that. <laughs> so uh, for people that might be listening that like don't know what Webflow is, don't know what, uh, what a CMS is, um, how, I mean, obviously I know what you're talking about, but how would you describe Webflow, and why would you choose it over other sites like WordPress? All right, so... Webflow is basically a framework where you can write code inside, but it's like in a visual way. So you don't actually have to write the code. Um, you kind of use blocks to build the code, but in the background of Webflow, normal code is written. And the reason why Webflow is such a great program is because, first of all, in the developer side or in the uh, Webflow user side, the uh, program is fully semantic. Um, this means you can basically write extremely clean code with just using Webflow when you use the program, right? That's some, sometimes not possible in programs like WordPress or, or other CMS or other page builders. And on the client side, Webflow is such a great program because it's extremely easy to use. So when you're looking at programs like WordPress, and I've worked with WordPress in the previous agency I've worked with, um, nobody, <laughs> nobody in this agency, uh, for the agency that I work with, nobody really likes to work with web, uh, with, with WordPress. So, um, everybody, I, I mean, it was like the, uh, I mean, it was the only solution there, there was WordPress, but nobody really liked to work with it. And the, yeah, the cool thing about Webflow is basically that it's so easy to use for clients to edit a site, to update a site. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about any bugs or issues that might appear. It's like, it's like Apple. <laughs> well, I remember also hearing that, um, uh, Webflow also, it's a lot less to maintain, whereas, uh, a lot of um, WordPress uh, people that have to work with companies that have their sites on WordPress, they have to really maintain this maintenance relationship, updating uh, all the different kinds of things that they have to do to make the site custom, uh, which can end up being pretty pricey for the uh, the client, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Problem with uh, what well, the problem, but when you have a WordPress website. You have to be in contact with a WordPress agency who maintains this website because there can be issues yeah. on the website. Yeah, but the good thing is actually that um, you have to, you need to have an agency. That's what I think too. Um, but it's much easier with the Webflow CMS with the client editor that the client um, does the changes by himself because in, right now we are based in Munich and there are so so many agencies uh, who run websites on Webflow. And they always like the clients always have to call the agency, for example, like, oh, can you make can you make this logo bigger and uh, can, you, <laughs> can you change can you change this image and stuff? So after the websites of 
because of the website project is done. And then the agency charges hourly based. So for mm. example, if, if the client asks the agency to change an image, they charge like 60 bucks for that. So in euros, they charge mm. 60 euros for just this change. And the benefit of Webflow, the biggest, I believe, because Webflow is like, everyone has their own benefits and what they, they like about it. But what I like most about it is that agencies can, are completely independent. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, when we talk about CMS, some people might not know what that means. So CMS means content management system. And this thing is something that I think is just so awesome about, uh, these types of software where the, the clients really have a lot more independence in making updates on their own and reaching out to us to make larger scale changes. Um, but I, I just love the client editor and I love how much people can do on their own when you have a site with Webflow, which is really, really neat. Um, I, I wanted to quick talk about how I, how I got to know you guys because it's obvious that, uh, that we don't live in the same country. <laughs> and so was, uh, some people might wonder how we met. Um, uh, I am a uh, Webflow designer and developer in Philadelphia uh, in the US. Um, and I wanted to make some more friends that uh, did what I did. And so I was looking on LinkedIn, trying to find friends who uh, work in Webflow. Uh, and I met Nico. And then uh, that's how I met Max as well today. Um, and so uh, that's kind of how I know you, but I kind of wanted to talk about how you guys know each other. And I wanted to hear like, how, how have you always lived in Germany? How did you meet? I heard a little bit from Nico before, but I think it's always interesting to hear that, uh, meeting story behind founders because it's really on top of being founders, you're also friends. So I think that might be an interesting story to hear. Yeah. Great question. Great question. So <laughs> So, so a lot of times we get the question asked, why is the company's name blogged in? What, mm. do you, what, what do you have in context with blog articles? And I always have to get a little bit of storytelling behind that. So we started <laughs> two years ago. Um, and our first, uh, business model was writing SEO optimized blog articles for companies. That and that search our, engine optimization. Yes. So, so yes. basically for, for people who don't know, um, the SEO context behind blog articles. So if you write blog articles with a lot of like keywords in it, which are related to the company you write them for, um, the website then gets better listed on Google. So they appear much like on the top, on the top. And that's what we, that's what we wanted to sell these uh, blog articles. Um, but we quickly realized, um, that not a lot of companies uh, are searching for blog articles, optimized blog articles. They are more like searching, looking for a website where those articles can be implemented mm. really easily. And also the most, most companies, like they had a really, really crappy website where they first of all, they needed to be a foundation. There needs, there needs to be a foundation where you can then put those articles in. On. Mm. So what we did actually, we started using the Webflow CMS by ourselves to publish our own blog articles on them. And it was so easy. Like we just used it for, for, for the, so we just used the content management system, the CMS to upload the, those uh, written articles. And it was so easy. Like on WordPress, we had to get like five plugins <laughs> and, and connect them, connect them, connect them via Zapier. <laughs> to just upload, to just upload like one simple article in the Webflow, it was like, um, a few clicks. So we really enjoyed it. And then we, we actually thought about, so actually it's not just the CMS, which is working so, so great. It's the whole program. Like it's the whole tool. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. I remember when I first learned about WordPress, I, I spent a lot of time learning like HTML, CSS, JavaScript in school. Uh, and I think I remember telling you, Nico, that, uh, uh, I hated it. It was yeah. horrible. <laughs> you told it me was, that. <laughs> I like, I had an exam and my professor might listen to this at some point and he remembers. I had an exam and I was literally like crying as I was trying to get this thing to work. And, uh, so when I, when I, I so relate 
to you talking about how like excited you are and passionate you are that Webflow works. Because some other people, they might say, oh, it's just something that you want to do. Why are you surprised that it works? I'm like, you have no idea what we've been through. (laughs) 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 Like, this is just such an amazing tool that is, it's so easy to use, but you still need to understand coding in order to put it together. It's hard to kind of explain that to people sometimes. They're like, is it coding? Is it drag and drop? What is it? Like, like, why are we paying you to do it instead of doing it ourselves? And I'm like, it's really easy to use for developers, but it's not the same thing as Wix. So can you talk a little bit about like, how do you describe this to people? Because you can code and do additional stuff if you want, but not every project requires that. You mean not every project requires coding? Yeah, not every project requires um, the additional code. You might be able to work with um, the sections and the containers and the divs and everything like that that way. Um, but how would you? How do you describe what kind of program Webflow is when you compare it to other things like yeah. WordPress or Wix or yeah. even just straight HTML? Uh, coding yeah so first of all um i see it always like on a little timeline on the left side we have programs like wix um jimdo like this these simple page plus on the right side we have um clear code so html css javascript and in the middle there's webflow mm-hmm. and it's like Webflow is not like programs like Wix because in Wix you do not have the ability to code, but it's like, but Webflow is also not like, um, HTML, CSS and JavaScript because you kind of have a visual editor in the, in the program. So you have to understand HTML and CSS to use Webflow, Absolutely. but, but you do not have to have to understand it, like, you don't have to um, be so aware of accessibility issues that might appear or general flaws that appear in web. So the point I want to say of this is basically Webflow is a framework for writing code. The same what I told in the beginning. It's a, It's basically just a framework. And what you do is you write code inside of this framework, but with a visual site. That's such a good explanation of it. I haven't been able to put it into words, but that's exactly it. It's a framework for writing code, building sites. That's so good. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, it's not just like, it's not just that it's a framework. I, I think I come from, from the marketing side and Webflow is more and more getting like a like a culture. Mm. It's, yeah. it's more like a culture yeah, of okay. peeping of of people helping each other out, and we have the the libraries, and we have um, the what is it the the the, the classes like they have like classes. Webflow classes yeah Webflow classes yeah, university. yeah university. that's it that's what we call it university then you have the YouTube channel. And you have so many great people and, and when you write them, like when you hit them up on LinkedIn, like people who have Webflow in their bio, they're always so open to speak and yeah, let's connect on this topic. And I think what, what Webflow built is, is like a, a, a whole new level of, um, agency, yeah, agency like style because it's not only like, oh, okay, we use WordPress. It's like we use this tool to build a whole company around it. So mm. 20 minutes ago, I had a call and they asked me, so what are your services? And I said, we do Webflow development and we do Webflow websites. And they mm-hmm. asked me, is that all? And I said, yes, it, that's all. Because like, and I, I realized that we, it's like a focus, like focused on a tool. Like that mm. has never been before. Like no agencies focusing on a tool. They are focusing like on marketing and we do design and we do development, but it's not like we do a tool. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's what Webflow is so great. Like, like this, this culture and uh, promoting it. So good. The, the only thing I can think of that kind of preceded the, uh, the Webflow community, um, is 
uh, Stack Overflow. I remember going through those uh, when I was in my programming classes and um, uh, just it's very much a culture of people just being so willing to respond to your question and and just chat with you and uh, help you through something and give you advice. It's something that that isn't that doesn't exist in every uh, industry. And I think that we're just so lucky that that maybe it's just because it's more of a newer industry and because there's so many projects to work on, so many websites that can be modernized, and there's so much work that's out there that everybody just wants to help each other so we can make all of these websites really, really great. But I don't know. I know that you talk about uh, being connected with the Webflow community, and I remember you made a YouTube video about it talking about um, uh, just webflow and and the people that are in it um i i don't know what, what's your experience with like all of these people being so open i don't know why but for me it just seems very uh unusual that people want to help you and be kind to you i don't know why <laughs> that's that's maybe let's just quick that's maybe because it's more like designers and less developers which are switching <laughs> like no front to developers but uh, mm. oftentimes the extroverts are designers. <laughs> and as this, as the Webflow community I see how it's going, this yeah, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not fronting anybody, but, but what I feel like is that, um, this, the culture is so more uh, extrovert when wanna, everyone wants to help everybody mm. because, um, the designers ask for help from the developers. And then they get to connect. That's, that's what, oh, yeah. I was connected. Yeah. I think also one point why everyone's kind of wants to help each other because it's, um, it's new for everybody. Mm. So everybody who's coming into Webflow has questions because it's a new program. And if you have a ton of people who ask questions, you also have a ton of people who want to connect to each other. And mm. that's the point because everybody has questions. And I mean, there's no need to, um, to not help each other out if, if one person has a question and if the other person has a question, maybe we can help each other out with our own questions. There's something so fulfilling about, uh, I, I felt this way, um, uh, in graphic design where I, I, I'm graduating in, three weeks from a graphic design program in Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, I felt this just so fulfilling when I was in the stage in anything that I was asking a lot of questions that I was unsure and I was applying for jobs and stuff like that. And to, to give that advice back to the people who are a couple of years younger than me, um, asking about how do I do this? Where should I apply? Do you have any firms that you're interested in or, or that I should apply to or anything like that? It's, it feels so good to just dump all of your knowledge <laughs> to somebody who's starting out. And so I can only imagine that, that that same feeling of helping somebody out who was at the stage that you were at has to drive the Webflow community, do you, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I'm a bit uh, too... So um, I oftentimes, um, because it's also a bad... Uh, it has also a bad side to, to want to really help each other out. Um, because I know it from myself and my partner Max has to, uh, like somehow back up, um, me in, <laughs> in that point because, um, I'm, uh, taking, because like we are also an agency, right? And we, mm -hmm. I am taking a lot of time sometimes uh, if I am really deep into a specific problem and I want to help a specific person, I, I, yeah. I take a lot of time. Do I do it for free, basically. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's, he's so upset with helping others that he just does it for free but doesn't notice it. Yeah, mm. that's, yeah, so that's uh, sometimes a trap uh, that I'm uh, falling inside. But, um, yeah, and now we're having this point to, um, we are helping people to a point X. And after this point, we have to charge this time. Hmm. Yeah, there, it sounds like there might be an opportunity if people would want to, to reach out to you for some sort of 
paid mentorship. That might be interesting. I don't know. I just think if if you're so uh interested, I mean, I you obviously have your your agency work and and that takes up a lot of time. But if you ever had any free time and and someone was willing to pay you for it, that might be interesting of somebody saying, "Hey, I have this problem. Don't know what to do." Like I'm at the point where I would literally pay you to help me figure it out. That might be a good idea. Yeah. So actually, we don't do like mentoring, one-on-one uh, mm -hmm. mentoring with people, be it a stellar agency, and we did most of the client work. But um, we already did a little bit of brainstorming about like a professional class. Hmm. Like, really. A Webflow web uh, masterclass, like not the one from Flux, not the which one is like yeah. really basic, but one like that's more. Um, for people who are already into Webflow. And, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, so I, part of my introduction into Webflow was uh, Rand Segal's uh, YouTube channel, Flux. And I saw that, uh, Nico, you took his masterclass. Yeah. What was that like? He was He was my introduction into Webflow and understanding what it is before I made the commitment to buy it. Um, mm. And I, I, my association with him is just someone that literally just opened up a door saying, here's your new career, go for it. And so <laughs> I wanted to know, like, what was that experience like? And, and like, how, and, and then we'll talk about your plans for the masterclass, because that sounds really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so um, basically, Flux was also the person, um, Max, I think Max um, saw, him, saw, saw him on YouTube. And basically, um, the, the Flux Masterclass, uh, was, was probably the best decision to buy, what, like, at that point, because, um, I, like, I had a little bit of a coding background, so I knew a bit of HTML and CSS, but just the rough basics. And taking this class, I think I bought it uh, back then for 500 euros. Mm. Taking this class, uh, really got me a head start. And, um, I, I, I would have wasted so much time, um, when I, when I just watched the, the Webflow University video. So, so the masterclass was, was really great. Yeah, absolutely. So after taking that class, I, what kind of things would you want to teach if you had a masterclass? You might not have that idea now, but, um, you have, I don't, I'm just curious uh, if mm -hmm. you're in the planning stages and you've talked about it. Uh, mm -hmm, yeah. So basically the, uh, the Flux Masterclass is, um, well, um, Ran, Ran Seagal, he is a designer and not a programmer. Um, and basically the Flux Masterclass is a class how you use Webflow, but mm. it's not a class how you use Webflow to the point that um, big companies like um, EMW, Mercedes-Benz, would use Webflow. Mm. It's um, because then we're talking about like these things like um, accessibility and um, clear structuring and clean coding, but that's like, that's going into development mm. and not um, using the program as itself. Yeah, but I also think that the Flux Academy is like, that's the foundation. Like, if you want to get into, into Webflow, Flux Academy is probably the best of, uh, solution for most of the designers who want to get into it. Absolutely. And, but everything beyond that, like everything beyond the scope, like doing really, really like more complex client work or animations or um, work with bigger brands, that's absolutely necessary that you have like this back, this more extended background. What our class should focus on uh, is going to be focused on, on um, these more complex systems, like teaching how to make clear naming structures and yes. um, accessibility, like you said. Yeah, how you mm. work with Webflow because it's also, like I said, it's a framework for writing HTML and CSS. Um, yeah, but but you have to know how to how to use it correctly in order that the website is good. I I have to talk about um, your YouTube channel uh, before we move. We keep talking about the class. I just want to say 
are you really passionate about teaching people? Because your YouTube channel is amazing. Like the amount, the things that you go through and, and the things that you make and the way that you talk about it and you do it at such like a really good pace. I could imagine if somebody took your class in the future, I think that it would be really successful. And because, because not only are you good at it, but you seem like you really want to be there. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm a person, um, who, who really likes to help other people out, especially if they, if they come to me specifically to me and ask for a specific, like they give me a specific problem and ask, like ask me to help or to, uh, solve this problem for them. I really enjoy doing this. And that's also, yeah, also the purpose and also the, um, the reason why the YouTube channel and thank you, Emily, uh, why the <laughs> YouTube channel is, is such great. And I also think that the YouTube channel is really great. Yeah. That's, yeah. I really yeah. like that. Absolutely. And, uh, if somebody wants to look it up, where, where can they find it? It's the same name as your company name, blog it in. Yeah. It's, it's blog, like the blog article and then it, I am. Perfect. Yeah. You should definitely watch them because they're really cool. One of the videos to, to go into the next question, one of the videos that I really liked was, uh, um, <laughs> when both of you, uh, decided to design a website at the same time. And so I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I loved that video because it really like, I don't know, it showed who, like who you are and like you kind of got to know your personality before I met, uh, Max. And so I wanted to ask, so uh, a client comes up to you. They say, we need a, a website designed. Um, we need it developed. Um, where do the tasks go in your team? Do you, does, who does the designing of the site? Obviously, I imagine Nico does the development. How does that whole process work? And, and what do you do for your client? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, the one, the guy in the video, um, that's the guy I met. So he's called Maxime. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. I am back. I'm actually doing most of the back office and I do the project management and, um, uh, I used to do a little bit of design, but, uh, right now we have a designer who's working for us uh, and does that. Uh, so what oh. does a project, yeah. To be worries. honest, I, when I saw you on the camera, I was like, he looks different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a little thought of, like, maybe I just didn't see him. Now yeah. I understand. Totally different person. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Keep, yeah. keep on going. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, yeah, he's a designer and, um, I'm, we met him over LinkedIn also. And mm. so we thought about, so actually all code videos and all design videos are so boring. Like they're really, are the reason why yeah, each channel. Is yeah. And then, then we thought about, <laughs> and we thought about maybe we should do like, get this more into the funny thing and do like web flow, uh, developer versus web, um, designer. Oh, and it was this, so the, good. And the videos turned out great, and we, uh, we definitely have to keep this this content up if mm. it's if it's requested. But um, to the question, uh, what the what the process looked like? So we use Notion for our project management system. Uh, we use Notion for like everything in the company. We use yeah, we build the whole company around that system, and we basically have our designer in the system. And our YouTube editors, of course, and Nico and me, and we assign tasks to them. So we have a framework, um, which is always the same. It's uh, design and development. And in those, um, projects, which is basically pages, we have like a flow, like a system, like checklists. So, um, that we don't miss out anything. Like there's, there's really, really specific checklists in there, which you can check if it's done. And the onboarding, basically, it starts, everything starts with the onboarding, um, onboarding the client. And we have, uh, I can show you afterwards. Um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a whole page, um, with questions we need to ask the client in order to get the right design for them mm. to convert customers. So, um, a really, really specific things like also like, uh, what emotions do you want to get the customers, um, feel when he comes to the, he or she comes to the page. That's for mm. example, the question or what, what's the target group and uh, what are specific needs? What does the outcome look like? Um, 
And yeah, so this is basically the onboarding process, of course, with the no, uh, login details for Webflow. So another really, really great thing from Webflow is uh, the affiliate, the affiliate yeah. side. So if you do a lot of projects um, over the time, you can uh, you can always tell the client to just go into your affiliate link and then order the Webflow um, plan. Yeah, the Webflow so you plan get a, from the yeah, affiliate. Yeah, so you get a commission uh, using this. Oh. And this is how, so this is how uh, agency can really um, get monthly, month on monthly based um, income. Yeah, and reinvest that, of course. And yeah, this is so. This is one step of this is actually send the customer the affiliate link. And of course, we always we always it's the most important thing to us. What actually Nico introduced into the company is help. So if a customer after after the project comes to us and asks for help um, with the Webflow side, of course we we don't do big changes and stuff for free, but we are always open to help. Like hop on a call with us and and ask um how the editor works yeah, for example yeah i mean we thing. we record like we record a mini masterclass for the editor <laughs> for the webflow editor mm. but obviously the client has sometimes specific questions and he can call us up for that that's really important to us yeah that's that's really i i i you that also shows the client that you really really care about the long-term success of the site that you're not um, nickel and diming them for a conversation that that could just it's just like quick question answer what their issue is and it it makes them want to come back to you again or recommend you to another person because it shows that you really care about them and their business it's really good <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that's becoming more and more a part um, of every company is transparency. Mm. And I think you are not able to build a successful company without awesome authenticity and transparency. And why why transparency is so important to us? Um, you you like a website is a really intimate thing. Like it's showing the brand identity online. Like that's really it's a really important part of the company because right everyone is like the first thing you when you give a gift business card to somebody. And they look up the website and you don't want to shame uh, looking at this website. You want the website to represent what the company is doing at its core. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why where uh, transparency is so important because if we don't understand the core, the core interests of this company, we can't build a website for them mm -hmm. because we can't transmit what they want to accomplish and what their goals are and what their cu uh, culture looks like. So, that's why the onboarding, I believe, is um, is more important than development. <laughs> it's a really important, it's, a, it's the most important part, like mm -hmm. understanding the company. Yeah, it's kind of like going in the right direction. You can go really, really fast and run really, really well, but if you're going in the wrong direction, it's not going to be a good site. So it is really important. Yeah, even before you get into design, just to make sure that you're on the same page as what their goals are. I, I, I do the same thing if I'm working with a client. I, uh, and I, I got a lot of these questions, uh, um, or ideas about these questions from Webflow University when they had that, uh, that, uh, freelancers journey class, um, and talking about, um, what is your goal of your site? Uh, what, what do you want to do? How, like, how are the clients that you have now? compared to the ones that you want in the future. And that might help you understand a little bit more about um, keywords in SEO and, and trying to get attention even before they look at your, your class, even before they look at your um, site, just trying to grab the people that they really want to be looking at their site. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, and so they, they come to you, you decide which direction to go, who moves the project forward then into design? Yeah. So the first step then after the onboarding and of course the payment, the one, one or two payments, one upfront and one afterwards, um, is assigning the designer. So then we do two briefings with the designer and assign him with the tasks so he is able to, um, do it completely remote. 
Mm. So he gets he gets a briefing with us, and we tell him exactly what the company's um, looking for and what the direction is, has to be. And um, then we start, of course, at Figma. Figma is the tool we use for for design. And then, um, yeah, it's basically assigning tasks in Notion. It's really really automated. And maybe there is a possibility in the future that meetings are not required at all because the workflow is so fluent that the designer wakes up, <laughs> sees, the, sees the assigned task, sees the meeting notes and the framework which we um, which we yeah, created for the company and then he can just start building. And this is like where also transparency comes in because most companies, they like hide everything and yeah, that's their meeting notes. We, we can't show <laughs> information in there and we can't show what the company's revenue is and stuff but mm -hmm. we are really really transparent about that so every um every fault in the company uh, knows every meeting note so uh he can understand where the um where the client comes from and every every step we took he can uh see yeah and that's, that's how yeah, that's how the gets it i'm sure there are some people that would love to hear that because uh, what you talked about having more of a seamless, intuitive process of the website build. Because uh, I I was listening to a podcast with somebody recently, and he said that uh, that he's at a certain point that he hates being on Zoom calls, and like a part of his soul dies when <laughs> when he has to like sit on a Zoom call for a really long amount of time. I'm sure there's some people that like really want to see you face to face, want to talk to you, hear your voice, and that's so valuable. But there are some people where really they would prefer to have this um, initial conversation, check in every once in a while, and then really have this kind of just like well-oiled machine <laughs> go through the process. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? Do you like do you like doing meetings the whole day? I I don't know. I. I kind of have like a hybrid approach where I, I meet with the client um, maybe once a week just to check in. And it's also for me, it's really important to see their facial reaction to what we're talking about, because it gives me a little bit more idea of um, how they're feeling. Meanwhile, if if I get an email and they say it's fine, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's an American thing, but so it's fine could mean a, a multitude of different things. <laughs> so it's real for me. I like being able to see their face, and because I'm starting out, a lot of people like to see me because they want to hear how I talk, hear uh, if I'm uh, uh, the real deal. <laughs> um, and so that's something that's helpful for me. So I guess it depends on on the client for you guys, but uh, I could I could totally see people that would love that approach. Yeah. That's why that's why the kickoff briefing and like the frame setting the framework is the most important the most important part, um, because then you can start the design process and the, the, the process, and then you have a really clear uh, really clear picture. But if you do like um, two to three meetings in the design process, like they get the client always has a, another vision. Like we experienced this in the past, the client gets through the design process. Sometimes, Nika's <laughs> already. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the the client, uh, the client, like completely changes their mind in the design process. Mm. Like we are done with the home page, and now he says, uh, "Yeah, let's let's actually um, make let's, the logo bigger." Let's, right? act, yeah, let's, actually, <laughs> let's actually change it. Um, change the complete layout, mm. and that's mm. why getting a clear picture in the beginning of the project, and then doing the design, and then. Taking the taking the client through the design, explaining to them step, section by section, step by step, what the intention behind the design is, and um, yeah, then he can do revisions and stuff. But yeah, we experienced we didn't do like <laughs> great uh, with with a lot of meetings during the design. <laughs> I uh, one thing I wanted to uh, to talk about um, before we uh, we end or before we go into other things is um something that Nico told me when we met uh was about how important it is to be GDPR compliant um and how a lot of um your clients uh you tell them about uh them not uh meeting the requirements and I've learned that it can actually be really financially 
detrimental to not be compliant to GDPR. Um, and I, I did a little bit more research in it. And uh, it's what I understand is it's data privacy for countries in the EU. Um, and uh, I think my first reaction to Nico when you told me about it was, oh, we don't have that here. <laughs> <laughs> the whole data privacy. We, yeah. we don't yeah. have that here. Yeah, we, um, don't have, and... we don't have privacy in the US, <laughs> basically. It's really not. A, and I, I wanted to talk to you about like how bad it is here before we start talking about what it is like in the EU. I went online. I don't know if you know this, but back in um, uh, December of 2020, uh, Instagram and Facebook came out with these new laws, or they, they came out with these new um uh terms of service and it complete i don't know if you know about it but it was like a huge deal in the u.s people were posting about it and i just want to read off some things uh and 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 uh, agreeing to these terms of service uh the the way that you agreed to it was just keep on using instagram past this certain date that they set. so they can access and record your camera and your microphone copy your address book from your device Go through your entire call log, read through your text message history, collect info on everything you've searched online, access and record everything on your computer, harvest information on all devices nearby or connected to the same Wi-Fi network, uh, collect all your information from accounts you use, which could be banking, medical, credit cards, anything, and you can't use your username that you're using on Facebook or Instagram in a URL without written permission from Instagram. And so they can, uh, they can talk to you about that at any point. So these are kind of like crazy things that are going on. So I kind of wanted to talk to you about just like data privacy and, and what it's like to live in a country that isn't that crazy. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, uh, I knew about this, this big update in the US. But they didn't knew that it was so, so crazy, like you said right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, having all like login detail. Uh, what, what, okay. That's like, it's like, yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, blowing up my mind right now. Um, <laughs> so it's actually pretty surprising. So that's, that's not a thing in Germany or, yeah. or, or in Europe, um, in the whole. So it cannot happen because, um, the, the institutes are all private and they are like nobody um and like all these institutes like like for example banks they don't give data to to uh i don't know to, to the government like that's that's like crazy like that's like i don't know so yeah yeah <laughs> so, wait what did you just say do you say that's strict for germans or abstract, that's abstract oh okay like, giving giving um information like giving information to third parties is like a huge deal yeah also also the culture with the uh, mastercard with like credit cards in the u.s where you basically just use your credit card for everything like Mm. like that in like in germany this is like crazy like you still have cash like you still have like yeah, and also um, for a lot of um, companies in the U.S., like Webflow is also part of it, where you where you only can pay with the credit like with the credit card. Maybe it's mm. not a thing in the U.S., but right, like in in Europe, um, like uh, like only having the option to pay with credit card is a no go. What? So, yeah. Then how yes. do you buy things? Yeah, we buy things uh, <laughs> with the Iban. I don't know. It's like okay, look, it's like um, deb- with debit cards. And oh, yeah, yeah, debit cards. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, in in the U.S. like um, <laughs> they they stopped letting you pay with cash during COVID um, in most places because they were afraid of the germs on the the bills. Um, and so uh, I've just gotten to a point where. I, I just don't carry cash on me. I don't know. Is I don't know if that's weird, but it's it's crazy that that other places don't just use your credit card for everything. Yeah. Um. Basically, I also do not have cash, 
um, but you don't use your credit card in public because there's no um, there's no safety with using a credit card. So that's you, crazy. You, yeah, basically, when you have the yeah, it's easy. But if you have um, the CVC and the and the number, you can basically mm. uh, just just uh, yeah steal cash from from somebody's credit card or buy it. like that's like uh, I know. And that's why you basically just use your debit card where it's secure and nobody can uh, just just uh, buy something if they have your number. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, like. Like we don't even like we are we're still waiting for our company credit card, like because <laughs> like we 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 ask our bank our German bank which is Überfinanzbank um, Unicredit like we ask them if we can have a credit card and then like the, the guy what what what's what what's that <laughs> no, 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 no. So, okay. it wasn't it wasn't bad like that but um, like, the guy was really like okay yeah we still yeah, give us two months and we are waiting for it like. Up and up till then, since two months for the credit card, and we can't pay um, Webflow. Yeah, you have to pri- with private our, yeah. with our um, with our company bank account. We have to pay it like with our private credit card. So um, mm. yeah, that's also for other US tools. You can only pay them. I don't uh, understand why, like why why uh, like why uh, companies only. I use credit card as a yeah, payment really method. PayPal, like, PayPal is a thing. Yeah, right using is, using, is using PayPal, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I I think so. The the impression that I get from other Americans that I'm friends with uh, and parents is that uh, in the U.S., um, credit card fraud or credit or identity theft is so normal. Like it happens to so many people so often. Like my dad's had his identity stolen multiple times. My friend. Uh, his dad is super um, strict about his uh, private data because his his identity has been stolen like six or seven times over his life. Um, and so it's kind of crazy. So people want to use, at least they told me, they w- they rather use credit cards than debit cards because debit cards is directly your money out of your bank. Meanwhile, credit cards is the bank's money and then you pay them back. So if somebody steals the bank's money, it's the bank going after them not just you. So that's, I think it's, it's the issue that credit card theft is such a normal thing that happens that you rather use the bank's money because then the bank will reimburse you for the amount that the person stole off of you. It's kind of an industry. A niche. Yeah, we, we have this, like, we have such a German word. We have this thing called Seepalastschriftmandat. <laughs> it's like a, like a really German thing. Where you have like um your debit card and then like uh you can put the like the number in there and then they book it from you like that's the that's like a it's like the most secure thing yeah ever. and then you can instantly cancel it and stuff um and the thing with identity stealing like I've never been like even getting no. close to yeah steal identity and also if somebody would steal my identity like there would be like a huge deal like. <laughs> Getting into the newspaper and uh, yeah, and, yeah. and helico- yeah. in helicopters flying around, <laughs> around my house and stuff like um, yeah. wow, that's crazy. No, it happens so often here that uh uh you have to check your um your bank statements often uh just just personal responsibility to make sure that nobody's charged anything to your account because it's so easy to steal your information in the U.S. Well, it's so bad. <laughs> like if um it happens often. Uh, let's say you do something on your phone, um, and you buy something on your phone, and your Wi-Fi is connected to, let's say, your apartment building's Wi-Fi. Uh, that happened to one of my friends last year. That uh, someone who lived in their same apartment building hacked into the Wi-Fi, hacked into that person's credit card information, and started buying stuff online. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, so uh, so we talked about uh, GDPR, and I I wanted to ask, what is it really? So I understand like data privacy and all that kind of stuff, but um, why is it so important for websites specifically to be compliant? Like, what does it mean to be compliant, and and how do you help people in the EU become compliant? Because to me, it's kind of like a foreign concept. <laughs> Yeah, so first of all, why is it important to be compliant? 
well, um, if you are a user and you have rights, right? So if you browse the internet, you, you still have rights to not be detected by, um, programs like analytics and, uh, tag manager and all these, I don't know, all these analytical data, um, programs. You, you have the right in the, in the EU, um, to not be detected by these programs. And mm. yeah, this basically means you have to have programs or, um, yeah, uh, plugins that you use with Webflow to be compliant. So it's kind of like a, a, a firewall for the, the customer, just protecting them. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, ba no, yeah, yeah. It starts with the, it, uh, it all starts with the cookie banner, basically. Mm, where the cookie bundler has to be compliant with specific needs like an opt-in and opt-out option, um, seeing the cookies that a website uses and can, like, and you can, um, but I think that's also in the US where you can, um, tick off specific cookies that you use. Mm. Like, um, basically that's it for the, for the uh, privacy. And also, not only it's for the like, not, it's, not, it's not only for the uh, for the cookie banner, but also um, with information that gets sent to another country, and then getting sent to Germany back. That's also a a uh, a part of a big problem right now we have with Webflow, but it's uh, it's okay, like it's okay right now. But it's a gray, it's a gray zone. It's, a, it's a kind of a gray zone because. Mm. Um, Webflow right now has no, um, has no data center in Europe. I think they are building like they are in the demand of building it right now. Um, but I think that information gets sent to the US. Like if you, uh, uh, like if you send a form, like if you, uh, write, if you fill, if you fill out a Webflow form, um, information gets first sent to the Webflow, um, data center. And then it gets sent to the, uh, to the email, like to us. Mm. And that's kind of a gray zone. And you have to really be, um, you have to, uh, in the, uh, you have to talk to your, um, law lawyer. Yeah. You have to talk to your lawyer and check whether, whether this right now is okay or not okay. Yeah. I, I know that you talked about analytics and things like that. And when we spoke, uh, you and I were talking about Google Analytics and you said that that wasn't as much of a thing. <laughs> and I wanted to, so right now, every Saturday, I'm taking this like six month course, uh, the Google Analytics certification course. Um, and, uh, I'm learning a lot about data and the, the way that they're talking about it is like, it's the most incredible thing in the world. Like, um, uh, you should be so excited that you can be a, Google data analyst and like, it's pretty cool. The stuff they're talking about. I'm only like two weeks in, but how do you manage your websites if it's not with Google analytics? Cause in my mind, it's like a monopoly. It's the go-to, but if you have all of these laws in place, I don't even know what I would do. Mm, yeah. So first of all, analytics is used in, in Europe. Um, but we always tell clients, that basically using Google Analytics is a gray zone in Germany. Mm. And we always want to, uh, yeah, be sure when a client of us uses Google Analytics that he is full in charge of this. Mm. And there are other programs in Germany who basically do the same thing uh, as Google Analytics. Um, but there is no, uh, no, no such widespread data like in, uh, like Google Analytics. Mm. But you can still track, like you, you can obviously still track people's intentions of the website. And of course, Google Analytics is a great tool. Um, and it's sometimes bad that you don't, you cannot use it, but. Is it GDPR compliant yet? I think they had like a discussion yeah. with like, um, because right now I think not even YouTube is like GDPR compliant. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, like Google that's Analytics a and YouTube yeah. are not GDPR compliant yet. I don't think. 
think they're updating it every day, but I don't think they are yet. Yeah, YouTube embeds are not GDPR compliant. So basically, when you're using YouTube embeds in uh, in Germany, uh, you can be of uh, yeah. Yeah, and like Nico already said, like we're telling these clients all the time that it's not GDPR compliant, but if the like if the marketing department is using it for the, have have been using it for the last decade, and they want to keep on using it, we can't uh, tell them we can't not embed it uh, into into the website. I I was listening to this video when I was trying to learn a little bit more about this. Um, and one person uh, she said, "You gotta either decide if you want to withdraw your business from the EU or you have to be GDPR compliant." And so it sounded like she was making a uh, a uh, argument that. Um, that you could hurt business by having this law. I I wasn't really that involved or, or knew anything about it when they were talking about it, deciding whether they were going to pass this law or anything. Was that a conversation that people had? Because in the U.S., um, uh, I've been told that information is uh, more valuable than anything. It's more valuable than oil. And when Americans are saying that, I take that seriously. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I wanted to just hear a little bit of, of, about that. Like, were, were some people saying this is going to hurt business or anything like that? Or did they really say privacy is really important and you have no idea how important it is? So... In Europe, let me let me back up this question that I think uh, I didn't really understand the core. You meant yeah. whether the argument is that you cannot be compliant or... Uh, or Oh, so they said, uh, what the woman said in, in the mm -hmm. video said, uh, either uh, if you don't want to be GDPR compliant, you're going to have to pull out all of your business out of the EU or mm -hmm. you have to comply for this law. So okay. did that hurt business? Was that a a uh, an issue at all? Yeah. So uh, in in bigger agencies, um, also the previous agency that I've worked with, it was a digital agency where they also did websites. Um, these agencies they have a um, a partner that they can talk to with data privacy and GDPR and such things. And I uh, experienced some. Uh, some conversations with this um, with this dude from the EU who who basically um, uh, tells these things about privacy and, and and stuff and it's a problem. So mm. the only like I don't think that um, you I don't you cannot. Uh, you cannot be in this market and CEU market if you if you um, if you don't comply. But it's always it's always a gray zone, and you mm. are not really sure if if you uh, will get uh, caught when you are uh, not GDPR compliant. Yeah. But it's it's your responsibility as an agency to know about this and to tell the client because the client. Like, why should the client know about this compliance? The agency is there uh, to know about it. Mm. The the I have two last questions before we wrap up because I know we're coming up on time. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to ask, um, uh, do you love what you do? And because I I was in a point in my life before, um, uh, and I wasn't really quite sure that I, I was working this job. I wasn't really quite sure that I liked it. And then I found Webflow and I found it so fulfilling to work with these clients and, and make their business better and make things work better and get them more clients of their own. And to me, it's just so fulfilling. So I wanted to ask, is this job really fulfilling for you? Yeah. So for me, it's more the helping side. It's more like this problem solution. I told you this, uh, this story when I was 13. Um, and I was fixing my computer and basically took me three days. Also, <laughs> um, for me is, uh, it's this helping other people with their problems and the, the web flow, like the, 
the program Webflow is just the tool for that. Mm -hmm. So whether, whether or not I'm helping people out with their Webflow websites or with complete other things, it's more, it's more a thing, um, to help a person out for a specific problem, which I can solve. And so, yeah, that's extremely fulfilling uh, using Webflow and helping other people, other clients with Webflow websites and how to use and how to code in, inside of Webflow is extremely fulfilling. But it doesn't have to be Webflow. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I think everyone has like um, their core, what fulfills them. So for some people, it's um, for some people, it's helping. It's helping others. And for others, it's like achieving their own goals consistently. What what fulfills mm. them? It's like it's different from from person to person. And then we have this kind of fulfillment um, fulfillment thing, but we also have this what fulfills you? Like what fulfills you doing stuff? And not like okay, we have like helping others, but we also have like helping others in a completely different area. So mm. you need to find something that in the first place fulfills you and you, you can keep on doing without helping others, but which fulfills you by yourself. And then you have thing, if you want like share your knowledge that fulfills you, of course, that fulfills you even, even more. But I think for, for me, it's, uh, for me, it's basically, um, what, what I love about, about this agency is, um, is in the first place, it's, it's the management side. So, taking people through it and then they feel like they are in the right place to be. And mm. it's not, it's not only companies uh, which, which value this. It's also folks like where folks feel like, okay, they are in a good place where they, where the management is good and um, they get what they are paying for. They get where, what they are uh, and what company they are. So uh, that fulfills, that fulfills me. And I think it's, um, Yeah, it's it's basically it's, it's yeah it's the management side, and then we have the operations side, and um, maybe it's also uh, because we are talking about this thing with fulfillment. Um, it's like a chapter of our lives right now. So right now, Max and I we're we're eighteen years old, and probably when I look back in ten years, um, we are doing a whole different things probably. And I like the thing uh, where you uh, kind of um, be an expert within uh, five years and then you can change your career. I, <laughs> so basically, I think um, that I probably won't be a, a web developer in 10 years. But mm. um, what I'm like, that's like, but I, but I don't care because I know that uh, I like doing different things. Mm. And you have this core value, like you have this, this core value of helping others. Mm, absolutely. And you can always direct on this, um, like no matter what, what your assessment is, what, what the tool you're using or what, um, what operations you're, you're doing. Um, it's always this core value of helping others what direct direction you want to go in. Yeah. Right now the assignment is building a Webflow agency and. Working with Webflow, that's also the big vision for me. Working with Webflow and partnering with Webflow, making, maybe making a sponsorship with Webflow to bring Webflow way more into Germany. That's also the vision for our company to bring Webflow to Germany. I wanted to talk about that because you have such a, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, I think it has a cool name. It's like an operation. It's Project uh, Munich. And, yeah, and, I, I thought that was that was so cool. So that was my last question. I wanted to talk. I wanted to hear you talk about where you want to go in the next couple of years. This this project of bringing Webflow to Munich, and then I want you to tell people uh, where they can find you and uh, how they can get in contact with you if they think that you're really really cool and they want to work with you. Cool. So yeah, uh, Mission Munich is basically the vision of bringing. Webflow to Germany and introducing not only um, clients but also uh, agencies to Webflow. 
So on the one hand, we have, um, yeah, people that need to have a website for their business. But on the other hand, and that's like the uh, extremely interesting part, we have agencies who are using maybe WordPress or um, yeah, Typo3, Joomla, or all these different CMS systems and introducing them into Webflow and getting them to be thrilled about Webflow is the key and is the, is the vision. And yeah, and coach the company in Webflow is the, is the vision we want to, yeah, we want to get in. It's, it's, it's one part of how we think we can make an impact uh, in this Webflow um, system, bringing it. And of course, we are right now, we are the only, the biggest and only biggest um, <laughs> Webflow partner agency in, in whole Bavaria. And this has a reason because actually no one knows it. And it's, um, it's so poor that no one knows about it, but the benefits are so huge. So first thing, introduce Webflow to other companies by building websites for them and telling them the benefits. And the other thing, introducing it to agencies. That's so exciting. <laughs> and so, and so if people, if, if, if there's a company, uh, in Munich that wants to, uh, switch from WordPress to, uh, Webflow, or if there's somebody, uh, in Germany that thinks that you're really cool and wants to work with you, uh, do they reach out to you over email? Do they just go to your website? Uh, where does it, where do they find you? Most of the people go to LinkedIn or see us on YouTube and then contact mm -hmm. us. So mm -hmm. you can find us on our website, which is blogitin.de. It's a blog, like a blog. Yeah. ITIN.de. <laughs> or you can just, uh, yeah, find us on, on LinkedIn. It's the same name or Nico Foss. You can just type in Webflow developer and you will <laughs> basically find him or Max Angele and then you can hit us up and we're always, we're always open to conversations. So. Uh, if you have any questions about regarding Webflow, like Nico always says, or uh, we can help you out with <laughs> operations. Um, yeah. Webflow awesome. Yeah. Cool. And so I'll, uh, for spelling and, and all that kind of stuff, I'll put that in the description of the video. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today and chatting about all of these different things that I honestly was really excited to talk to you about. Um, I, if, if you, uh, want to hear about me, uh, my name's Emily Giordano, and uh, I do websites <laughs> in the U.S., and uh, you can find me at greatdesignlead.com. Um, and thank you guys very much for spending time with me. Um, this is the end of the podcast, and uh, I guess I will talk to you another time soon. Thank you, Emily, for having us. Thank you, Emily. Right. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>